Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, joined once again by Billy after our first buy round 12 was absolutely carnage, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, mate. So much for buy planning, hey? Unbelievable. strategy next year. Yeah, next year's strategy. No strategy. (laughs) Yeah, it's like this has happened before, but, um, you know, at the same time as well, it's also happened before where you just you, everything goes great and you just shoot up the ranks and stuff and it's fantastic. But I, I ended up not moving at all. I ended up staying pretty much exactly <laughs> where I was. Yeah, I shot up a few thousand spots, but it's only because I've been so rubbish to start the year with. Um, yeah, I think it's old bike planning, mate. It's a bit frustrating. It's probably not as much point doing it anymore. I mean, you, you've still got to do it to a certain extent, but try trying. Pulling your team apart week by week for you know six weeks prior to the buyers just to get fourteen numbers and it's eventually only have ten or eleven and have you know, three or four of them score like ten between them yeah kind of negates the need to do it to a certain extent yeah it's always a bit of a balance um, I think if you balance it well you're still you know you're still fine but I mean I it's it, some of it's just luck as well I mean I I had Kikau in my team I had CHN in my team. Uh, and both of those guys were obviously killers for any owners on the weekend. And if you own both of them like I did, like that's two guys that could have gotten gun scores on the weekend that aren't even in your side. So, I mean, it's a little bit of luck involved and you can be a bit unlucky with it as well. Um, it can be lucky too, like you could get in like a Mitchell Moses and get 110 points from him. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, a bit of luck of the draw there too, mate. I mean, you can... Um jump on a guy like Tatola at the beginning of the year who's only going to get sort of 30 minutes here and there but you know, ends up playing lock and kills it or a guy like Fainu or Gajowski or whoever who does the same thing. I mean, any any number of those sort of mid-prices or cheapies if you get the right one. I mean, I, I jagged it with Cuss um, so I got lucky there but, you know, obviously missed out on uh, Moses and Guth and, and um, JFH so, you know, solid scorers that you really should have in your team. Yeah, so let's move on to the other big round. First of all, mate, who's going to win tomorrow night? Is is it coming back to, you know, we're going to get the win in New South Wales or you're going to have to sit up there and party with all the Queenslanders that you live alongside? Well, my kids keep telling me Queensland's going to win. The missus has been into them, mate. They're vicious. Bloody <laughs> Queenslanders. They stick together, mate. Three months out, she's into them, training them. Oh, you got to you got to get them snapped out of that, mate. You're gonna to have to buy them blues jerseys or something. Oh, mate, they spit on it already. <laughs> all right, well, let's get to the mailbag. So, for all the listeners, uh, we've got the mailbag returning this week with a whole heap of questions. Getting to most of the questions, I think. After that, we'll go through TLT uh, as normal, having a look at Market Watch along the way. It's a very interesting TLT for this round coming out of the first buy. Uh, and then, just so you know, um, there's a lot of questions around round 16 numbers, um, who to trade in for round 16, and that sort of thing that we've been getting. We're going to do, like we did for round 12, uh, a pretty big round 16 buy segment next week in place of the mailbag. So 
for you know the best part of an hour, we'll go through round 16 with a fine tooth comb. So we'll do that next week. Uh, we'll have some chat about it this week. Um, but yeah, so let's start off with the mailbag first of all. Um, and our first question, Billy, is thoughts on Watson and Mann now that Levi is out and both have cemented their starting roles. So when we go to TLT, we'll see that um, Kurt Mann's been named to start in the halves and Watson is uh, named to start at hooker, which is a pretty good spot for him. Now, both of them are pretty cheap, Billy. We've got um, you know, Mann at 240k, which is the cheapest out of the two. And both of them are looking like that they're going to perform a lot better than what they have for the year so far. Watson is your boy from the start of the year that hasn't really performed. Are you seeing some silver lining with him? Oh, he couldn't be anybody worse than what he has been. Um, yeah, look, my, my numbers at the beginning of the year were based off him sort of transitioning to fullback, which didn't really work out. Only had a couple of games there and wasn't running the ball. Um, at six last year, he averaged 57, um, and he had he had some solid scores there. The thing that interests me with um, him playing hooker is the fact that he gets obviously a lot more tackles. The guy's a tackle bot and he's a runner, so you know he's going to take a lot of those runs from dummy half and try to sneak over the line wherever possible. And um, he will get there um, a, lot, a lot more often than not. Um, the thing that's throwing me off him at the moment is the fact that he's only available at sort of... Um, uh, five eight or fullback, and that's a premium position. I kind of I kind of prefer uh, Moylan there or RTS over him. But for a cut price guy, um, I'd with a break even. I think of forty two. I'd probably watch him this week versus South away from home and just see how many minutes he gets because you've got um, Bira back on that bench. And you know that he can he can take that interchange role as well. Yeah, he's got to be a thirty two, um, but still you could you could still watch him. He's only three hundred seventy five k. So he is definitely cut price. My take on it's similar for for Watson Billy. I um I think that he will score well at hooker, much better than what we've seen him, and he'll be a lot more consistent. But I just can't put him at five eight or fullback. I just there's too many good options. I mean, obviously you mentioned um, RTS, who's a premium option for round sixteen. Sean Johnson might return this week. He's another five eight, um, and then you've got guys like obviously Ponga. Munster, Cody Walker, uh, Turbo's back this week. All these other guys that you've got to fit in a 5'8 and fullback, and you don't want to burn heaps of trades just to get a Connor Watson in. So, yeah, I, I couldn't do it just for that reason. But Kurt Mann's a bit of a different one. Um, so let's look at him for a second, because one of the reasons why I did consider Kurt Mann is because he's the opposite to Watson with his positioning. Someone who's a dual hooker and center wing is really appealing because... I know a lot of sides are like mine where they're going to struggle for a hooker this week if Cook gets rested. And this is a guy that's only 240k, uh, going to play an 80-minute game at six. And you can even move him a centre wing rather than have to trade him to another hooker later if you like upgrade to Smith somewhere else or want to do something else. So I actually find Kurt Mann a bit more appealing than what I do Watson at the moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, not, not a fan of um, the points that he's been chucking up. Yeah, at that sort of price, you can afford to take the ground downgrade and just leave him there and not play him until you really, really need. He's got a minus nine BE as well at the moment, so um, he's he's going to make some cash over the next month. Yeah, you could probably still afford to watch him one game this week if you had um, a bigger fish to fry and more points to score, um, especially if there's heaps of guys playing rest and you don't want to take the risk of playing him and only getting sort of 25 points. But um, yeah, if you're looking for someone to get in, he's around. He, he's he's one of those cut. Um, 
upright guys you can probably use to get rid of one of those bums at the service recorder that you've just been aching to get out of your team for God knows how long. Yeah, for sure. I've got a number of guys like Kurt Mann that I would have looked at as a downgrade this week, but you hit the nail on the head again there when you mentioned points for this week. So points are probably going to be pretty short for this week because we're going to have a lot of Origin guys uh, either rested and out or maybe playing reduced minutes, um, and that's going to potentially hurt teams' depth. So I'd hate to be playing, you know, three Kurt Mann type quality guys rather than getting two guns in because I made two downgrades to free up some cash. So it's a bit of a hard week to kind of do that probably. Yeah, but it's insane that um, you, you look at what um, the Eels did to, to a depleted Souths last week um, and they'll have guys like, uh, if anything, you know, uh, is in, just walk, Walker will be backing up. You'll have um, Murray potentially sort of backing up. Um, not not sort of a couple there as well. So, um, but or Souths are the ones that are going, are going to be depleted. So, if, if a fire breath is going to actually do something, I mean, not not the worst option in the world to have it. You said it's three quarter. Yep. Next question was top three halfback and five eight for the run home. So, been getting quite a few questions about um, the run home. So, halfback and five eight, Billy. Um, do you want to take this one first? Who are your top three for each for the run home? Half. If SJ was healthy, he'd be sort of right up there purely because of um, um, he's got he's got the next buy, but he hasn't exactly shown a lot of form before, prior to the injury. So I'd have to chuck um, Pierce up there for the for, for the next buy, and then um, it'd either be between uh, Cherry Evans or sort of Cleary, depending on their run. But if if, if Cherry Evans comes back healthy and he's got the goal kicking again, and he produces the same type of form that he had to the start of the year, I'd be going sort of Pierce and Dichie. Yeah, so my my top three are the same players. Um, I've probably got Cleary first, though. So for me, it's Cleary, Pierce, and then DCE, because I don't think that DCE will get the kicking back. So I basically looked at him without kicking. So I reckon that those three are going to be the top three. Five, eight-wise, who have you got there? Ponga's there, number one, purely because you absolutely can't um, not have um, a healthy turbo in one of them. Um, Teddy or Monlum or someone at your fullback and there are only positions that are available. So Pong is absolutely the first one there. And then second, just uh, whoever you want, either be Munster or Walker or someone like that, depending on the draw coming up. But um, Storm have played all the tough, tougher games for the year and they've got a, a reasonably easy, easy, sorry, the easier side of the draw for now. So um, both those have a high break even, but I'd be going to the Munster for now over Walker. I said this before, but surely Walker can't sustain that try run there for the second half of the year. Yeah, I've got the same three again, but different order. So Ponga is clearing away the number one player. You cannot go into the run home without Ponga. He's he's by far and away um, the best option. He's averaging 77 points a game at the moment, and the run that he's had since he's gone a fullback, we've spoken about several times, but it's nothing short of unbelievable. He's He does not have a bad week, scoring-wise. After that, I actually have Cody Walker in front of Munster. Um, and that's look, it's purely because he's scoring five points a game more than what Munster is. And as much as Cody Walker relies on attacking stats and stuff, Munster has quite a few bad scores in him. And his scores seem to be, even though I like him, propped up by a massive score. And it's great to jag those massive scores, but four out of his last six games, he scored in the 40s. Now, he had a 159-point score in those six games, which makes his average still stay up there around 70. But, yeah, it's pretty tough for head-to-head guys, especially on the run home, to have to cop two, three, 
two point games in a row or something from Munster before you hit like a you know hundred point gem sort of thing. So that's why I've got him just behind Cody Walker, who I think's been a bit more consistent this year with his scoring. Yeah, fair call, mate. Right. So next question: uh, Is it worth trading out Cook for Origin and then trading him back in, considering he's worth eight hundred and thirty k, or is it a waste of trades? This is a good one, Billy, because. There's two definite trains of thought with this. Um, some people like to cash in on someone at their peak and then buy them back later. Um, one of the key examples would have been, you know, Widdop's run a couple of years ago when he got to about 830k. Um, some astute super coaches sold him at peak and then managed to buy him back and make 350k out of that sort of trade. I don't see Cook dropping below like 600 though, so I think you're probably only going to make 200k out of it and you're going to really kick yourself in like 14 or, or 15 if he scores like 120 points and you don't have him because the drop-off to the next hooker spot is pretty bad from Cook down. Yeah, um, someone asked this question on Addicts today saying, would you start with Cook next year if he started at 800 grand a year? So just out of curiosity, what I did was I chucked in all of his scores for the first um, 10 rounds this year um, and it, that kind of showed that um, he would lose... 60 grand in the first week, 45 grand in the second week. So he, if he gets rested um, after Origin, he's going to lose around sort of uh, uh, at least 50 to 100 grand inside a couple of weeks. So you probably make a quick sort of 100k profit um, out of it if you wanted to go that route, especially if you're going to pick up someone like McKinnis or Smith. So it's not the worst in the world. Um, I'm leaning towards, only because I'm out of, out of the hunt with overall, I'm leaning towards just leaving him in my team and saving a trade and just taking an AE instead. Um, but yeah, if you're going to get rid of um, Cook, I'd be aiming for someone like Smith, who has who, who Catfish um, had a look earlier and said he, he was averaging pretty pretty high during the buy rounds last year. Otherwise, going to Kenneth, who's got a good run at the moment. Yeah, good shout out for Catfish. He, um, he mentioned that... Um Looking at the numbers that um, Cameron Smith averaged 95 points over the the buy period, the Origin period last year, um, that was his highest period that he averaged. So I think you can do it with other players, particularly players like Widdop who were going on a run, but you know aren't the best player you know in the competition. But I think the top couple of players, guys like Ponga and Cook, I think you just have to leave them in your side because I think you know, it's it's too high a chance that they can crucify if you don't have them. So I wouldn't do it myself, but. Um, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, though, if you want to think outside the box. Yeah, especially with um, the... Uh, what's it, who was the, who's the young kid that played hooker? Um, Billy Britton. South this week. Yeah, he, he's named in a 21 jersey this week, so um, he, he's, he's there on standby, so just be prepared for the fact that Cook might not, might actually start but not play the full 80. Yep. He might have to score 70. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he might only get you 70 points in his 40 minutes on the field. Um so next question, uh, keep or sell Ferguson? Is he playing injured? Doesn't seem to get as involved. Ferguson's an interesting one because um, this podcast in particular has been a big fan of Ferguson for a couple of years now, um, and I loved him last year, but I've been pretty standoff on him this year, and I actually traded in Gutherson over Ferguson because I could only get one of them, and I'm not a fer- fan of, of Fergo this year. Um, I would be... This question is going to come up a little bit later, Billy. When you t- we, you know, we may as well cover it now on who you hold um, or who you sell out of the um, teams from round twelve, like the Eels and Penrith and stuff. For me, it's anybody who's got a high BE that you don't want to be keeping in your side for the run home. They're on your block now, just to start getting out of your side and culling. 
And I would have Ferguson as one of those guys. He just has not scored well at all um, compared to what he's done before. His base is only 29 this year. That's well down on what we were seeing um, previously from him. His involvement is down. I don't think he's injured. I just think that it's a... Uh, sorry, I apologise, Billy. The Parramatta effect. Um, I just I don't think he's going that well there. So he's got a three-round average at the moment. Only 40 points. Um, and if you go back, you know, he scores 37, 42, 43, 31, 85, 52, 10. You know, like the last two months of football, you've only got a passable score and a good score out of him, um, two out of those eight games. So I just he's got a 76 BE this week. I'd probably cull him this week. Um, if you've got guys with a higher BE, then maybe wait until next week. But he'd be on my block to get rid of for round 16. Yeah, agree. Never won him once at all this year, mate. Without trying to sound arrogant, the numbers, even even when he was playing for the Chooks last year, the numbers said he was never going to perform this year, not 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 without Cronk there. So he started the the year well, uh, but even even when he scored around 75, 80 points, mate, he'd have two tries, and he he can't score two tries every single week. He's no he's no, he's no silo, but he doesn't have the same base. So not interested in did, wasn't interested in him for last week, and not interested in him at all for the rest of the year. Yeah, and interestingly, his PPM this year is 0.7, which if you forget about last year, is better than all of his other PPMs. So his PPM at the moment is actually better than what he's ever performed aside from last year. Last year was his career year at 0.82 as a PPM, which is by far and away his best. So um, that whole theory on career year stuff um, very much could hold true with Fergo with Supercoach. We probably won't see those heights again. Um, I don't think, but opening up the question a little bit wider, Billy, to what we were saying and where this sort of alluded to and one of the other questions, are you sort of in agreement that, um, you know, anybody that has a high BE out of your round 12 guys, you need to get rid of and put on the block straight away and get rid of, and basically the only ones that you're going to hold a bit longer are going to be the ones with a, a better BE, and you can even hold maybe one or two through the buy, but most of them you're probably going to have to get rid of for round 16. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if it comes down to you know someone's um, one with a break even that's only sort of you know ten fifteen points higher, if you think one is going to give you more points this week, then you know take the take the ten grand sack or or potential ten grand sack and just that, that's the way to do it. Work in reverse order of break evens until until you get rid of them. But um, if someone's only sort of about two hundred fifty k like around the the, um, the, the Allen price um, price bit, if, if they've got a um, uh, a reasonable break even. Don't don't worry about them. Uh, they're going to take one one half decent score in the next sort of three or four weeks for them to sort of still go up in coins. So try try and get rid of your five hundred k players first, like that like those bums Lane that should have produced more than forty points. Yeah, exactly. Lane's on my chopping block straight away. The, the couple of guys that I'm actually looking at potentially holding, um, I am going to hold Sergis at this point, um, and we'll talk about him a bit more later. Um, I am going to hold Kickier because I bought him low and he's still a very low price and he does have some form from last year that maybe he'll get back to. Um, and then the other guy that I'm toying with is uh, Sivo from the Eels um, purely because he's actually performed at a really good level um, and he's been better than Ferguson just quietly. I'd rather just keep Sivo than Ferguson. He does have a 75 BE but you know he's been scoring pretty well um, and I'm I'm considering just leaving him there at the moment because I just I think he's got a pretty super coach friendly game, but he's in your team, mate. How do you feel about Sevo? I'm interested in your opinion on him. Look, if you're if you're struggling to pick a guy to um, um, keep or offload, 
generally, as a rule of thumb, try to keep the left side winger. Most people in this ball are right-handed when when they naturally pass. They they pass left, or they, 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 that's their strong suit. So, if you've got a guy that's generally going to go over that that doesn't have any talent, it's going to be left side winger. Uh, look, look at you, you know, you to fill as well. Classic example. Um, the, the Titans, they're not exactly the greatest attacking team in the world at the moment, but Copley on that left side gets gets to try a game. Just so if you're gonna if you're gonna keep one person to have to jag something, um, just keep the left side guy, especially if they've got a base like Sivo, where they've got a, a, a bit of bit of a work rate and, and tackle busting line breaking ability. Yeah, he's he's had an uncanny run. He's he's scored for six games straight, including one of those being a double. So it's been. You have to go all the way back to round five since the last time he didn't get a try. Um, and, you know, basically the first five rounds of the year, he only scored one try, and then he's gone on a run of six weeks in a row and counting. So, you know, the way he's going, he's probably going to score a try again this week against the Sharkies, and then he hits the Broncos and the Raiders before the bye. So, I'm, um, yeah, I'm tossing up what to do with him. But some of these other guys, mate, I can't wait to get Sean Lane out of my sight. And some of these other ones that I had in, like Aikens and stuff, jeez. Next question was about Lane, um, and it was, I want to get rid of Lane this week, but don't think I'll bring in Bateman yet, as he's 105. What are the thoughts on either Angus, Tarek Sims, or TPJ? This is a real interesting one, Billy, because um, on on name value, those three guys look like a pretty good upgrade, Um, particularly TPJ I was really interested in, because obviously he's going to play around 16. But I tell you what, Pangai Jr. is my favourite one out of those guys. And when you have a look at his numbers and what his output's been, it really hasn't been very good. You know, he scored 33, had a great score of 80 in round 10, and then before that a three-rounder of 41, 42, and 51. And his minutes have fluctuated wildly. Five weeks ago, he played 57. Last game, round 11, he played 45. And his base is coming in at only 40 for the year so far. It's just been so up and down. I do have him penciled in for someone I'm going to probably want for round 16. Um, but 462k at the moment. He's got an OKBE of 56. I, I probably want to see more of him for a couple of weeks before I actually bite the bullet. Yeah, exactly the same. Although, if you're... Um, what, what's Lane's break-even? Uh, Lane's break-even, 77BE, so... I Normally, I'd say I, I'd, I'd be waiting on Bateman with a break-even like that. Um, especially given that he's playing right uh, right edge, not not lock. Although he probably should, should still be playing 80, 80 minutes there, um, but I'd probably take the punt on Bateman purely because if Bateman scores seventy, um, you're going to get seventy points, and and he's going to miss miss that break even by about forty points. Um, whereas uh, Lane could quite easily punch out of forty and and miss his break even by you know almost forty points anyway. So you're going to take the same cash loss for um, thirty points less off. So um, I, I don't like the idea of buying Angus, Angus with, his, with his performance just yet. Sims, I think, is too early. And TPJ, although he might get more minutes to cover up the guys in the buy, um, yeah, he's just not producing those those decent size uh, minutes or numbers. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably just take the punt and just uh, go Bateman a week early. Yeah, it's an interesting one because if you're looking for just points um, and you, or you're head-to-head, I think Bateman's a fine trade-in over any of those guys for sure. If you um, are looking at round 16 and overall at all, then it becomes a little bit harder because uh, I know for for my team, Billy, you know, I've got eight trades penciled in before round 16 and that's for eight players that are playing round 16 and that's my plan. So 
if you're going to get Bateman, make sure that you look ahead and you write down all the plays that you're expecting to have around 16 because you might be surprised in how little time you have left to get that team together for that buy. Yeah. I'd be... Um, I haven't looked yet. What's uh, Kenny Bond's um, break-even? They've got the Warriors this, this, this week. So if if, if he's... Um, has a, has a lower, lower price differential as opposed to Sims, he could just as just as easily be on, on a similar type of watch list. So one of the big problems I think this week with round thirteen with the trading targets is that all the all the main guys that you're going to be considering for round sixteen, all the most definite players that are performing well, all have high BEs. So it's really tough. So Kenny Bromwich, for example, is 577k and he's got a 92 BE this week. Yeah, so same sort of story. Uh, one guy that we haven't mentioned, though, um, if if uh, this listener does not have Andrew Fafita, he's the number one forward to trade in this week. He's the only guy playing round 16 out of the forwards that you're going to consider that's got a low BE of 42, and he's only 538k. So he's only going to cost you about 30k more from Lane to Fafita, and Fafita's probably going to be going up in price this week, and he's also playing the Eels. So... What I found when I was looking through the, the numbers, Billy, is for feed is one of the few forwards that you're going to want for 16 that it's actually got a low B, not a high B. Actually, that's another thing to mention. Um, you know, in the last sort of four or five podcasts, the the two stats that I keep rattling off every week, and that is always back in the edge back row versus the um, Broncos to score, because I always do, and, yep. also, and always back always back either the 8 or the 10 against the Eels to score a try. Who scored a try last week? <laughs> the eight or the ten? Yeah, yeah. but the, one of the Burgess boys. So oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So if with with Fafita we're in that eight and um, having a low break even and that sort of price versus the Eels, I'd be back in that. Uh, if stats are going to repeat, that he's the one that goes over. So he would be the buyer of the week. Yeah, lane to lane to Fafita's the the best option for this guy if he doesn't have Fafita. If he does have Fafita, it's Bateman if he doesn't mind the non round sixteen coverage. Uh, otherwise, if I had to choose out of Angus, Tarek, and TPJ, I'd take the punt on TPJ at only 460k. And a guy that, if you're deciding you want him for round 16, you may as well get him now, I guess. Yeah, he's a um, good captaincy option this week, or Fifi. Next question's a good one. I really like this one. So it is, how many trades do you guys have left? And how many are you guys going to have left after the origin period? So, Billy, how many trades you got left? Uh, 17. 17. I've got 14. So, you're doing a hell of a lot better than me. No, I'm not. I'd rather be in your position with most trades. <laughs> well, that's the other way to look at it. I don't know about you, but I'm going to bust through my trades over the next um, two months of footy. Um, and I'm planning on using all eight trades going into round 16. Uh, that's going to leave me with six trades left. And I'm going to use between two to four trades um, between round 17 and 18 um, or 17 and 19 even and then hopefully I'm going to have um, maybe four trades left if I'm lucky if things go my way for the run home if not uh, maybe two to three trades for the run home from sort of round 20 onwards and that's kind of my aim yeah I'm not sure what I'm doing with my trade strategy um, probably just be using them every week um, and until they run out but the way I'm going to be doing it is, um, I realised about sort of five or six weeks ago that I was out of out of the hunt for overall. So I switched focus to try and make up as much ground as possible. So my strategy kind of changed a little bit to 
um, <clears throat> by plan, but instead of getting rid of my guns, just keep as many of them as, as possible or just get rid of a couple uh, likely to sort of play lower minutes uh, that are a lot like Arrow, who are potentially injured as well, and then go as full strength as I can with uh, maximum depth. So I'm going to try and carry around 20 guns between now and, and um, round sort of uh, 18 and just play Munster when I feel like it and drop him, play Walker when I feel like and drop him, just um, uh, get get those guys in and play the high flock guys only when they're uh, at, at home and hopefully miss, miss out on a, on you know, to use a dodgy example, miss out on um, on a turbo twenty or something rather uh, away from home most of the storm. So I'm going to try and make some ground that way instead. So I'll be bur- I'll be burning like you, but um, not not for, not for the sake of the next buy around. I'll be I'll be burning just to uh, keep maximum strength in the team. I've sort of planned ahead, looking at the guys that I want, and there's pretty much you know like four keepers from that round sixteen um, that I'm going to I'm going to pull into my side. Um, guys like Cameron Smith and Andrew Fafita this week and stuff like that. So uh, it, it sort of it, it serves two purposes with half those trades. I get a keeper in for the run home, and I also cover round sixteen. Out of the other four guys, yeah. there's probably going to be two guys that are going to be complete pods that I'm just going to leave, and they're going to be center wings. And that's probably the advice I'd give to anyone that asks. If you're going to have to get stuck with guys, uh, I reckon it's better to get stuck with a center wing that you think is going to have some big weeks. Um, because you can rotate them in and out for matchups in both head to head and also the run home. So there's a couple of um, potential big ceiling guys that aren't keepers in centre wing that I'm just going to leave in my side and not burn trades getting them out for for the run home. Yes, yeah, so, uh, same um, on the flip side. So I'll, I'll be doing um, uh, McInnes and um, Moylan trading this week, um, I'll, but I'll be getting rid of. Farah, and although Farah plays uh, the next buy round, the reason I'm doing it that way is I think with Little on that bench, Farah is going to be scoring a couple of 40s in the, in the, in the next couple of weeks um, if he doesn't go over the line. And if he's the, if Cook gets rested and I have to play Farah this week, I really don't want to take a 40. I would much rather get someone like uh, McInnes to cover who I know can maybe get to the 65 points and then all of a sudden on 25 points uh, ahead of what I would have otherwise made next buy round. So um, I'm going to try and play the buyers a couple of week, weeks ahead of the buyers, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, it definitely does, mate. And I think probably the last thing to finish on with this question for me is um, just use your, use your trades because um, I think the best way to look at it is, you know, using a trade in round 18 is a lot more valuable than using that trade in round 23. Because at this point, you're pretty much getting keepers in, um, or at least for that run home period, you are. And if you're getting someone in round 18, you know, you're going to get seven games out of them, as opposed to getting them in in round 23 and getting three games out of them. So the value is a lot better, just burning the trades now. And if you get injuries and stuff, like it's good to leave yourself an out. Like, good to have two trades left, I reckon, but you can have two trades left for that last month of footy. And your side should be deep enough where if you get a one or two week injury, you should be all right with it. At least that's kind of how I feel about it. I sort of think you just need to burn them now to get your side right yeah. in the points. Yeah, exactly. A great strategy right now would be just to have um, uh, as many sort of 550, 600k guys on your bench and just get rid of those bums at the seventh three quarter, knowing that, you know, if you're short at seventh three quarter, you can just take an AE if, you know, JFH or Sergis or something or other. So just get just get rid of those low flight those are low price guys as soon as you can. Yep. 
Um, so next one's a pretty specific one with another guy getting lane out. Um, now, this one here, he's looking to go lane to SST and Walker to Moylan. Um, need to look at round 16. Halves of Walker, Cleary, Ponga and Brown. Also considering SJ. I wouldn't be considering SJ yet. I think that we've got to see whether he actually even plays this week and there's been some rumours floating around about his injury you know, being reasonably serious and maybe having some lingering effects. Um, but lane to SST, I actually really like. So I know I'm a Roosters fan, so it's going to come across a bit biased, but one of my secret weapons for around 16, Billy, is um, Takiyaho is definitely coming into my side. He's got 110 BE this week, so I don't love getting him this week. I'd rather just hold lane with his 70-something break even because SST is going to go down a lot more. Um, and Takiyaho is 538k now. He could easily be 500k uh, after this round or less, uh, depending on how he goes. But he's he's quietly a dual second row forward, front row forward option that's averaging 63 points on the year, playing round 16, and very low own ownership as well. I see him as a great pod for not only round 16, but he's actually one of those guys that I'm just going to leave in my team. He um, He only played 21 minutes in round 10, where he got 14 points. But if you exclude that out, he scored uh, from round 11 back 61, 67, 45, and 53 points. Um, so got the 45 in there and the 53, obviously. But, you know, he scored a, a couple of 60s in there, and he's been pretty consistent. He, um, he hasn't had any scores below 45 aside from his injury game. So his floor is reasonably high, and he's got a 48 base. And when I can get him below 500K... Uh, I kind of see him as a pretty good option. So I love that lane trade to him. I'd just be waiting until next week for that part of the trade. Yeah, yeah, agree with that sentiment, mate. I, I can't really add anything apart from what you just said. Why don't you talk all of, all about Moylan for us because you're getting him in this week and this listener is getting him in this week for Walker. You obviously like Moylan. Tell us why. And also tell us if you own Cody Walker, would you go Walker to Moylan? I just like him at fullback. Um, there was only a small samples, but he's had... Uh... 52 a 70, then he had a 31 off that off the injury game for only 69 minutes, and then he had a 78. But uh, what I like about him is just the price. Uh, he's only he's priced at only 486k, and that's and that's purely because of um, that's purely because of his um, games at at six last year and him living around where he wasn't really doing anything in the middle of the park. But his base isn't the greatest, but he's got a uh, all right. So first game, two line break assists and a line break. Second game, four line break assists, then uh, another line break assist, and another four line break assists. Uh, second game, one try assist. Fourth game, two try assists. So he hasn't scored a try yet, and he's been averaging around sort of only sort of 15, 15 points. Yeah, 15 points in hit ups, around sort of 14 points in tackle busts and offloads combined. And those, those line break assists is crazy. So for a guy that's priced at 486 and has a break even of. Um, 49 playing against the Eels this week at home, mate. I really, really think that you know, sky's the limit for that bloke. Yeah, really good call. And I mean, do you think trading Cody Walker out over this origin period is a good idea? Or 100, 100%. Um, Walker can come back and score a 70 odd or an 80 odd, but you've got to trade someone for the, these sorts of guys. And I think um, the price that you would get more than that gives you an extra what um, what 200 or 300 k or something or other to to splash around from Walker's cash. About 200 k. Yeah. yeah. Imagine what you can do with that extra 200 k over the next two weeks, and then buy him buy him back um, around sort of 18, 19, 
um, when, when he's when he's when he's fully fit, and not tired anymore. So, yeah, I, I think Walker to Moreland is a great Walker to Moreland is a great option. I like getting Moylan in. I like getting SST in. Although that should be a next week's trade for SST. What what I will say with Moylan is that whilst I'm a fan of it, he's told us who his halves are in Walker, Cleary, Ponga, and Brown. But I would prefer to be trading one of my fullbacks out probably instead of Cody Walker. So I was actually in the same situation, but not getting Moylan in. Um, I had Walker, Ponga, Teddy, and Munster. And Munster was at my fullback spot, and I traded Munster out and kept the other three guys, and I just moved Ponga down to fullback. Um, if he had that option, I'd prefer that he traded one of those fullbacks out, not Teddy, but one of the other fullbacks, um, and move Ponga down if that's an option for him, and that's another way to get in Moylan potentially. Yeah, true. It was much easier for me. I just had to destroy the Cardi party, which I took great delight in doing. <laughs> I can't wait to crash the party and, and trade it out this week or next. Um, next one is, I have Ponga and Walker at 5'8". What do I do if neither back up? Thinking of taking an AE, but also contemplating a Walker to MILF trade. Um, he's looked better since Dearden's come in. Thoughts? So, Billy, take the A, take the A, <laughs> right? I uh, I think this is going to be a good debate because I, I I would probably not trade out Ponga or Walker. I'm pretty keen on holding them, and I think if your AE is not bad, uh, I'd I'd probably stick with it. I tend to think that Walker's got a good shot at backing up just because he's a half and he's not going to get the sort of wear and tear that. You know, a Damien Cook's going to, and I don't think Wayne Bennett's just going to blanket rest. You know, four guys. I think that he'll probably rest two of them. So, I'd probably stick strong. But I will say, Anthony Milford piqued my interest massively for round sixteen, um, purely as a pod and purely as a situational play. But four hundred ninety k, he's he's either very good or very bad the last couple of months. But that was better than the start of the year. He scored seventy two, twenty four, ninety seven. 47, 75, and 45 in his last six outings. He's been a lot better, um, and his average has been a lot better over that period. I actually see him as a reasonable option. The only thing that's stopping me from getting him in is that he's a 5'8 only, and like you mentioned earlier in the pod, I just it's 5'8 and fullback are just too valuable. I can't seem to fit him in. But, geez, he plays the Gold Coast Titans this weekend, and he, he plays them again in another seven weeks, and his highest supercoach score ever is 167 points, and it was against the Gold Coast Titans. Yeah, I just got nightmares in the boat. I think he's going to go a lot better um, with having did in the half because it just means he's going to be more dominant. It still scares me watching him run around the park on no four at sort of halftime, mate. Um, the only thing I'll give to him is the fact that it's in Brisbane, and it's a... Uh, it's an afternoon game. Won't won't be freezing, so I think he'll go right this week too. I just not how, not sure how much I can bank on it. That's all. Yeah, if he was a halfback, I'd be getting him in straight away. Um, I'm actually re- pretty keen on him for a pod. I'll just rattle off the draw for you, Billy. From this week onwards, he's got um, the Titans, Para, Newcastle, Sharks in the round sixteen by uh, Warriors and Bulldogs both at SunCorp as well, and then Gold Coast in round nineteen. And that sort of two-month run, um, I think, is absolutely mint. Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I see where you're going there. I'm just like, thrice bitten, thrice shy, mate. Uh, we've, we've both loved and loathed Mil- Milford as owners in the past. Um, look, I think just to cut to the chase and answer this guy's question, 
I, I think the Milford's a decent trade-in um, as a pod, but I think that you need to be fine if it's going to fail badly and you get really bad scores out of him because that's what's in him. But you do have the ceiling upside of him maybe going really well and he has been a lot better. So if, if that's what's telling you in your gut, Billy, I reckon you, you go for it. Um, but in saying that, um, I wouldn't really want to trade Pong or Walker out for Milford. I, I think I'd rather just hold those guys myself. Especially with Walker playing the Eels this week, he could score another four. Yeah, uh, it's it's a shame that he's a 5'8". Um, otherwise, it'd be a much easier trade-in. But for anyone that um, has the room at 5'8", for one player, for a pod, uh, I don't I don't hate getting Milford in. Just be prepared, like I said, for the potential for it to backfire. Yeah, I just prefer Moylan over that trade. But yeah, both of them are really good, good trades, I think. Milford more risky. Yep. Um, so the next one is two to bring in this week out of Fafita, Madison, Bateman and Masters. So this is a bit of a hard one, Billy, because we don't know if this listener is looking for round 16. I mean, initially looking at it, if they're looking towards round 16, I would say it's for feeder and masters because they've got the lower BEs and they're, they're presenting the better value, whereas Madison and Bateman both have over 100 BE and Bateman doesn't actually play round 16. Yeah, I think for feeder covers that delicate front row position with, and with Serge not scoring that well lately and being injured, I think you need him and Haas in that front row. And if Haas is rested for that uh, second game, mate, you, you're going to want to want to make sure you have someone like Fafita up there. Yeah, Fafita's far and away the best one out of those four. It's just a matter of the second guy. Would you agree that Masters is probably the guy if they're looking at round 16 and mm. wanting to hit that hard? I'm, I'm, st- I'm still on the reserve, on the, on, on the bench with regards to Masters being switched to left-hand side. Um, I'd probably prefer Madison on par with him a little bit at the moment. But um, I'd rather watch the next couple of games and see. And, and if, he, if he's punching those sort of offloads and those numbers and kicking goals, then I'll, I'd, I'd prefer Masters. But right now, I'm, that left side concerns me. Yeah, that's a fair call. I prefer I prefer Madison as a player to get in. Um, but Madison's got 108 BE, so and Masters is 100 grand less than him. So I just think that Masters is probably the better value. But you could go either way on that one. If you don't care about round 16 whatsoever, then for me, Fafita and Bateman are probably the two trade-ins. Yeah, mate, agree with that 100%. So next guy, Captain AFB last week. So Fanua Blake as a pod for the win. Thoughts on this and who I should keep out of? CHN, Sevo, and Mao. I'm thinking Mao, he said. So out of CHN, Sevo, Mao, um, who should he be keeping? And the other two he'll be flicking. Oh, 100% they are. Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I have to go Mao too. I've got a, I've got a soft spot for Sevo. Um, I've got a big soft spot for CHN, but unfortunately the um, New South Wales Cup scores don't translate to Supercoach. Mao scored 64 without uh, without any kind of a clutch this weekend, and that was back on the edge. So I, I, I fell asleep through the first five minutes because the kids came in and buggered the game for me. So I couldn't... <laughs> I couldn't tell you if he rotated through the middle again or whether he came off the 10 minutes, but um, 65, 64 points for a, um, an edge back row who didn't score a try available at 7 3 quarter. I'd be more than happy to play that for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think his thoughts are right. Stick with Mal. Uh, next question is Fainu out for Cook, uh, and his other hooker is Farah. So, what do you feel about going Fainu to Cook? I, I love the trade on, on face value, and he's obviously got Farah for round 16 anyway. Obviously, you buy and cook at probably the worst time, though. 
Yeah, um, I wouldn't be buying Cook just yet, mate. I'd, I'd wait for a couple of rounds. You could probably get him a hundred grand cheaper in a, you know, a couple of weeks, or at least 50, or at least fifty grand, and you don't ha- and you don't have to worry about you know, him being rested this week. So, I think your pod for this week is actually getting getting someone else and hoping that everyone else is short with Cook. You only get him sort of fifty, sixty minutes, or being a big pulled out at the last minute. So, I think your pod play this week is actually not getting him. It's you want advantage of not owning Cook all year. It's this week. Yeah, um, I tend to agree. And um, Fainu's break-even is only 58. He scored 69 on the weekend. Um, he's playing the Cowboys, the Dragons, and then the Titans. Um, he could jag some attack there as well and not really drop much yeah. in cash. Yeah, Krasowski, Grzyski, whatever his body name is, he's listed as starting at lock. Um, do, who, who played, did he play... Um, who started at lock last week? I'm pretty sure they got 80 minutes, didn't they? It was Waddell. Oh, we do. All right. So he's um, um, he's suspended at the moment. That's why the Gozzi's in at lock. Yeah. All right. So do you reckon Gozzi will get sort of eighty minutes, or do you think um, there might be a bit more rotation there? Um, but it really yeah. depends on what's going to happen with um, with Jerbo, whether he's going to come yeah. to the side. Oh yeah, because he's not definitely out yet. He's just listed at twenty-one. Yeah. Look, the games are a little bit later on, but um, so it's not exactly a Friday night game, but um. Yeah, I'd probably hold on that one. Hopefully, the Fainer gets gets a few more minutes. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think you can hold on, especially for this week. Um, Cook's backing up less than forty eight hours after the Origin finishes, so um, yeah, there's a good chance that he's not going to play. If he does, it's not going to be his full minutes. Um, next question is: Bring in Cody or Munster, and bring in Turbo for Teddy. Oh, no. I yeah, <laughs> I, I um. I'm going to assume that he's not worried about round 16 and or he's just playing head-to-head. Um, so, I mean, bringing Cody or Munster at the moment, they've both got 100-plus BEs. Um, so, I just don't think it's the opportune time to be doing that, even if you need to get in, guys. Um, Turbo for Teddy. I mean, Turbo will look at in market watch a little bit, but he's actually one of the top traded in guys this week, and I'm a little bit surprised. I understand the pod move a little bit. But I wouldn't be trading someone like Teddy out for him at all. I'd be just holding Teddy. Yeah, 100%. Um, you got to look what happened last time when he came back from injury. The guy broke down. And yes, I know he has, he has a lowish kind of break even. I think it was 46 or something like that from memory. I, yeah. I looked at it earlier today. But um, he's got that, uh, that massive ton uh, in his rolling average for, for his first game. So. As soon as he plays this week, his, his break even is going to go back, um, going to go way up. His cash is going, to, his, his cash is going to leak again. So, um, I would actually give him a couple of weeks just to see how he actually performs. Um, to say you no, know, he's got some stability in in, in, that, in that hamstring, and that, that way you then also get to see whether he's actually picked up for um, game two or game three Origin because you know once that bloke's healthy, he's straight in that team. Yeah, and it goes on to the next question pretty well because the next listener asked, they feel like it's a no-brainer for a head-to-head player to bring in Turbo for RTS straight away. And I just think exactly like you do, that for a head-to-head player, yes, that's fine, but not this week. I think that you definitely have to wait two weeks to see Turbo back. And hamstring injuries, like this is a hamstring that's been plaguing him. And like you said, he went down and re-injured it for a long period of time as soon as he came back. There were people who, after that first injury, did this exact same thing. They bought him his first week back, he's done the same injury again, and they've had to burn a trade to get him out again. 
So I I just think you got to wait and see him play, like you said. Yeah, especially when there's plenty of other options that are like Milan around, or well, God forbid Milford. Yeah, and I don't think like in this in this listener's case, he's got RTS there at the moment, but he's a head-to-head player, so he doesn't really care about round 16. I don't think this leaving RTS there at the moment is going to be the worst thing in the world. They are playing the Storm, but they're playing the Storm over in New Zealand, and there's a chance that guys like Munster might be rested. So I just I think that you just roll with RTS this week and reassess in a week's time on how Turbo looks. Yeah, exactly. So next one is likely candidates to get rested, and to what extent for this weekend and even to a lesser extent for round 17, given the schedules and the coaching whims. So one of the things that we mentioned in our buy planning segment from round 12 that we did, Billy, was that um, it's not just the buy round that you've got to look out for, it's the rounds afterwards that are real big ones to navigate with round 13 and round 17. I think this week, quite comfortably, um, it's going to be, obviously, the, with every time it's coming up, it's going to be those first two games that are going to be the biggest ones, but then... If I were to guess, I would say in the Souths game that Cook and Murray are either going to be rested or get reduced minutes. It's probably more likely that Gagai and Walker probably play. Yeah, I, I, I can't really see anyone being rested apart from um, for, like big big bit forwards a guy or, or big impact forwards that have got a short sort of turnaround. Um, a guy like Murray is actually coming off the bench, so it's... It's not like he's going to be playing a massive, a massive game at Origin. Although um, it is Origin, and you can be on there for sort of fifteen minutes, fifteen minutes, and going to get smashed around a bit. But um, I reckon Murray probably still plays, especially, especially given um, Burgess injury. Burgess okay. is going to be playing this week, though. He's um, he's going to yeah. be getting yeah. surgery after yeah. that still. Yeah, I know. He's he's, he's playing busted, but yep. um, I, I think Bennett's probably going to rest as many players as. Uh, as he can, however, um, especially given their position on the ladder, where they've got, you know, they've only had a, lot, they've only had a couple of losses. But um, I think if, if Murray's raring to go, I don't think you would hold him back for any reason, especially only playing sort of half a game. Yeah, I, I think that if Murray and Cook play, though, I, I can't see them getting their normal minutes. Um, I think they'll both be rested. I think the thing that works against Cook that he, he Cook, Cook's going to play eighty for Origin, obviously. Yeah, Murray only plays 55, 60 minutes already, so it's not like he's going to get any less than that. So I think Cook would be the only person affected if he starts. Yeah, I think that Murray could look at 40 minutes. Um, look, I'll give you my reasoning so I can back it up a little bit. Um, Murray would probably be slated to maybe play 35 minutes in the Origin game, but 35 minutes at Origin level, it's basically like 80 minutes at a club game. And it's his first origin. He's on debut. He's going to get. He's going to be playing in the middle, and he's going to be backing up forty hours later to play. So I just, uh, I, I just think that Wayne, being Wayne, will want to take it easy on him. And Souths have the luxury of um, having a lot of forwards on hand that can replace those minutes. So that, that's sort of why yeah. I'm feeling that way with Murray. Whereas someone like Cody Walker, like Souths, look lost without Cody Walker. Um, so I think that he's much more important and less easy for them to replace. Yeah, fair enough. But wait to Friday, see what happens. Um, probably the other one that I'd mentioned, Billy, is I think Munster might be a chance of getting rested um, because they're really? playing the... Th- yeah, I say that because they're playing the third game um, and it is on the Saturday, but it is at 3pm and it's over at New Zealand. So, I mean, he's going to have to jump on a flight on Friday and get over there um, so it's not an easy travel for him. Um, yeah. So I was just sort of thinking. I suppose. 
I suppose it's an opportunity for them to play that Papin Hughes and Kid and Chuck um, Hughes in the halves. Yeah, that's right. Maybe if if you're one of those people that were um, astute enough to pick up the um, uh, little 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 puppy, just just be prepared. You might be able to be a, a late to the inclusion. And he might absolutely carve up the Warriors as well if he gets a start for Munster. Yeah, just just make sure you go reserve. You can switch at the last minute if possible, just to uh, get him into your team. What about Ponga for the Knights? Um, so the, it's been talked about before, like last year, Brown seemed to allude to the fact that he should be resting Ponga to make sure he doesn't get injured and stuff, and they're playing in the first game as well. I tend to think playing fullback, he's going to get a lot of um, he's going to get a lot of running in that Origin game, and the way Brown's spoken before, maybe they wrap him in cotton ball as well this game. Well, maybe, but uh, they're a first-grade team that are struggling to make the eight, and they're in a roll at the moment. Are they just in eighth position, or are they sixth, or how are they rolling? Fourth spot at the moment, um, but in saying that, they're on equal points with fifth and sixth, and only two points out of missing the eight altogether, so they need the wins. Yeah, I, I reckon he'll probably leave it up to um, I'm going to make the call on Friday, and the kid only been sort of, you know, um, 19 years old or, or whatever it is, I reckon he's probably got the flexibility and durability to sort of uh, stretch it out. It's not like he's a forward. I, I, I know it is origin, but I reckon he probably puts his hand up and plays the kid. Yep. I think they're they're definitely going to cover the main guys that are going to be a risk of um of having a rest or, or getting reduced minutes if they don't rest. So probably that's the other thing to be prepared about, I guess, with this question. Um, just because someone's name to start and in that last hour they're still starting doesn't mean they're going to get their normal minutes so particularly if Billy Britton comes in um, you know from Jersey 22 and ends up on the bench then that's a pretty good sign that Damien Cook's not going to get his full minutes so just look out for the last minute team list and be prepared for it. Uh, next question um, by Matt Lodge now ready for 16 or Naz and Cabron for 16? Um, so which out of those guys do you like, Billy? Do you like Matt Lodge, Naz or K-Brom for round 16? I like K-Brom for round 16, but with a large break even, I'd probably wait on him. Um, not a fan of having to play Lodge um, just yet. Although, um, if you go back and look at his numbers end of last year, like at the beginning of last year, he was just a, he was just a staple to get into your team at, at a decent uh, cut price uh, uh, super coach rate but I think towards the second half of last year he started throwing up some decent numbers so he's not exactly the worst person in the world to have, to have in your team especially given that he's the alpha prop there and he, and he generally does play some decent minutes um, and with that draw coming up maybe maybe he's a forward who goes over, goes over gets lucky enough to go over the line so I'd probably put him up there right now yeah, I don't mind him for the price. He's only 475k. He's only got to be 33. So if you were definitely going to have him for 16, now's a week to get him over those other guys. Um, probably what I will mention with that alpha prop stuff, he's he's taken a, a few hit a few minute hit since um, Haas has come oh. onto the scene. So I mean, yeah. he was averaging like 58 minutes a game for the first three games that he played. And his last sort of five games, he's pretty much averaged 50 minutes a game. So he's probably lost about seven or eight minutes a game just from the Haas rotation happening. Yeah, that probably puts a dent in that comment that I was made then. <laughs> he's only got one poor score all year, basically. So, you know, he's still scored similar. Um, you know, like, he scored 60, 54 points in 54 minutes in round five. And then, you know, he still scored 58 points in only 50 minutes in round 10 and... 
84 points in only 52 minutes in round 11, being his last game. So even though he's had the lower minutes, his scores have actually been really solid. And across his last five, he's only got the one bad score, which was 37. And I believe that that was maybe slightly injury-affected because he only played 46 minutes. Yeah, agree. Um, they're, they're full strength there with their forwards. So I'd, if you, you could hold off a bloke on that, I'd probably want to hold off until uh, just before the buy round and use one of the uh, four or five trades the uh, week before to get him in if, uh, as a as a as a third, fourth, or fifth fifth straight fifth choice option. Yeah, I, I've never been a real big fan of Naz, but um, I do agree with you with um, Kbrom. He's um, I, I looked a couple of weeks ago and I was really surprised at how remarkable his numbers have been. Um, and just because it's Kbrom, I don't know if I can bring myself to do it for 577k. He's probably going to be cheaper next week, but geez, he looks yeah. all right numbers-wise. Yeah, he's been sneaking along. I chucked him in the old money ball the last couple of weeks, and he's uh, been going all right. But, um, yeah, there hasn't been a right time to uh, buy him for a super coach yet. But um, no, a couple of weeks away, I reckon he'll, he'll sit off... Um, he'll sit off Cam's shoulder and hopefully at the end of one of those little toe pokes, maybe. Yeah, so I mean, if you were playing overall and hammering 16, would he be in your side? Oh, yeah. Um, at, at the moment, yes. I kind of prefer him over to Harris and Papale and um, those sorts of blokes. But, um, yeah, there, there's not many edges I'd, I'd, have over, I'd have over the top of him. But, yeah, even the edges that I would have over the top of him, like uh, Decora, like they're available at Simmons Free Quarter anyway, so... Yeah, plenty of spots up for grabs. Yeah, Madison's probably the only other one that probably will rival him as a trade-in for an edge spot. James Roberts, relevant, and if so, a buy now. So I've been quite amazed with this, Billy, and like maybe I'm wrong because I've had to ask myself the last week, you know, Barnsley, everybody is saying, oh, well, maybe I'll look at Roberts now. And I'm the, I feel like I'm the only one that's saying, hang on, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not interested at all. Why is everyone saying this? Uh, so I'll give you my take, mate, and I'm hoping that you kind of believe me because otherwise I'm going to feel it's me against the world and I might have to look at him more. But for me, James Roberts has barely played any football this year. Um, he's had a nagging Achilles injury that took him out of games on at least two different occasions. Um, you know, he played five minutes in round one, 61 minutes in round two, and only 34 minutes in round six, all due to injuries, and he missed two weeks in between that as well. He's got mental health issues that aren't resolved at all, um, including like a pretty heavy drinking problem and so forth that he was in rehab for. Now, he's coming to Sydney in a big move after you know being dumped for a few weeks from the Broncos side. He's still 406,000, so I'm, I might be able to understand it a bit better if he was only 200,000. Um, even though you know he was a little bit of a gun of the past, if, even if you look at last year's average, he still only gave you 46 points a game. And he's not, he doesn't even have match fitness yet, and he doesn't look like he's fit. Like, there's just there's 17 red flags for me that just go, I, I, I really don't want anything to do with James Roberts at all at the moment, let alone getting him in, like, his first game for South Sydney. Yeah, mate, 100%. I can't do it, mate. He's one of those guys that just... You'll, you'll have absolute blinder, but that's like, you know... He'll do something great in the first 10 seconds and something great at, at the end and uh, the other 65 minutes of the game, you're just looking for him and doing nothing. I reckon South just have too much talent to go out to him, um, just to go out to him or, 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 or want to lean on him. I just can't do it. Especially, 
um, especially given that he's already played that first buy, mate. That would that would have been the only value for me. Yep. No, agreed. I'm glad that um, there's someone else that agrees with me. Do, do not go near James Roberts at all at the moment. The only way that you would is if post round 16, he, he's just been on fire for a few weeks and looks like he's scoring 70 points a game, then maybe you'd have a think about it. But yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. So our last question to wrap up, Billy. Um, Madison wait until 15. That was a definite yes. We've already discussed that. He's got a very high BE. Um, Smith Masters wait until next week. So interesting one here. Yeah, Masters you could go this week fine. He's he's got a reasonable BE, but it's not too high. Smith has a high BE, but I'm actually bringing in Cameron Smith this week because I've got um, a Cook and a Dud backup hooker, and if Cook doesn't play. I'm going to be getting an AE. So even though Cameron Smith has a break-even of 113 and he's 607,000, I'm just going to bite the bullet and get him in this week. And I think that you need to play it situationally. I don't think you can risk having Cook ruled out. Um, or Sorry, you're going to know because it's first game if Cook's ruled out, so you can know if you've got to make that move or not well beforehand. But in saying that, if Cook gets named but Billy Britton is on the bench and Cook only plays 40 minutes... Um, that could hurt you a bit. Whereas if you've got Smith, you can obviously just start Smith and not worry about it. So I'm actually going to be getting Smith this week. I guess in an ideal world, um, you you wait until next week with 113 BE, but you don't have to. Yeah, I feel for the blokes who've got Cook and Britain might be in a bit of a, a bit of pain this weekend. We talked about it being a good handcuff, but it's only a good handcuff if one of them sits. <laughs> so it's, if both of them play, it's actually a nightmare. Yeah, I had that situation to start of the year with those um, with uh, Papali and um, Burr. All right. Well, um, I think any of those guys you can wait, but you, at this point of the game, you just buy guys when you have to get them. So don't sacrifice points for waiting and save twenty k. Just spend the money now if you need to. And I'm going to be doing that exactly thing for Smith this week. Let's go on to our TLT, Billy. So round thirteen is a big one. Um, like we've mentioned for a while, this is a really big round because a lot of squads are going to find that they're going to have a lot of guys out, potentially, or some guys playing reduced minutes that they're going to have to make some calls on when they see some final benches and stuff. We already have a lot of players like CHN that, that um, are looking like they're not going to play, so a lot of sides have got some dents. Um, one thing that we'll say before we start going through the teams, you have to be really, really aware of the fact that because it's an origin round, um, even though it's a normal 21 that are named, teams are allowed to name a 22nd and 23rd player as origin cover. So Billy Britton, for instance, as an example, is named in Jersey 22. Um, he won't be on a lot of the, the TLT's um, sheets that you look at, but he's there um, because of origin. They get an extra couple of players that they can bring into the squad for cover. So really important to look at that. Um, likewise, you'll have a combination of guys that have been named that, that are going to not play or play reduced minutes, and also guys that are playing Origin like um, Gerbo, who are named outside of the squad that could come in still, and you need to be aware of that stuff. So hold off on your trades as late as you can to have a look at the final team list because they could change quite a bit this week, Billy. Yes, 100%. Kind of uh, got caught up in that last week. Wasn't expecting that then. So, um, yeah, mate, if... If Dean Pay can do that last week when everyone's healthy, you can imagine what can happen with, you know, sort of half a, half a dozen wounded origin stars, mate. Oh, Dean Pay's going to be like a swear word on this podcast now. You're not allowed to say it to the public, mate, so we're going to step that out right oh. now. I, I can't believe what he's doing on that Bulldog side, but 
I'll get far too sidetracked, so let's just go into the first game. <laughs> Rabbits <laughs> versus Knights. We've got Cody Walker, Cook, Gay Guy and Murray all named to start. Um, James Roberts makes his debut at right centre. Um, and the, the news on the Sam Burgess shoulder operation, really important to know. Um, so he's going to be out for five weeks, but that's only going to encompass two NRL games, um, most likely. So when you're looking at trading him, you know, he's going to play this week. So, you know, you can have that number this week. You don't have to worry about that. And you're only going to miss um, two games in the next five weeks. Um, so something to keep in mind with the night side of things. Ponga and Clemmer have both been named to back up as well. Um, Connor wants Watson's at hooker, like we said, with Danny Levi out. And Kurt Mann will stay at 5'8". Mitchell Pearce ruled himself out of origin because he had a niggling groin injury, um, but he is expected to play. Um, Mason Lino has been named on the extended bench as Pierce cover. So, mate, first things first, is there anyone in these in this uh, matchup that you would be comfortable putting the C or the VC on? Because at the moment, I'm leaning towards probably not. Not first game, mate. Purely because of that first. Purely because of the, uh, the the turnaround time and statistically cheap um, part. So your, your big playmakers generally don't go well on a Thursday, Friday night. So apart from, I think, Sergis, who had a massive one at the beginning of the year. So I'll just abstain, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't even put a VC on them um, for this one just because there's too much risk on the, the minutes or guys being yanked and stuff. Um, looking at Market Watch, really interesting. Um, so Sam Burgess is the number one traded out player. 12% of coaches have traded him out this week. He's down to 465k, so I'd, I'd half argue that he's almost brought him down. He's obviously had some not great scores of late, um, but in saying that, I think it's been a little bit overblown. He's still scored 54 points on the weekend. He has been playing busted as well. Um, now, he's only got a 74 BE, so he's not going to drop much more. I'm a Sergis owner. I'm actually going to just hold him just because of that front row forward and second row forward flexibility and the fact that front row forward's a bit tougher. Um, I'm, and just I'm probably going to consider playing him this week maybe as a 17th man and then just sort of hold him for the run home, I think, because um, there's that many guys to trade out in most teams. I just don't see why you have to get rid of Sam Bird just right now if he's only going to miss two weeks. And if his shoulder's going to be fixed, Billy, maybe he's better when he comes back. Yeah, what if he's not? Or what if he comes back off the bench? Oh, well, if he's your 20th man. He'll be my 21st. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to hold him too? I don't know. Um, I, I'm, I'm in a luxury position, mate. I, I, I can hold him and not, not have to play him until probably three or four go down. Yeah, I don't know. I, I might hold him. Yeah, he hasn't been great. Um, and that's, so it's, I understand guys wanting to see the back of him. I just, I don't think there's too many, too many good props around, really. So, um, yeah, it's, it's surprising that so many are getting rid of him, but it doesn't make completely no sense. The person that makes more sense to get rid of is Corey Allen. Um, he's number five on the most traded out list, and geez, he's been really disappointing. All the people that held him for his, what was it, 10 points on the weekend? No, oh, mate, if he scores over 50 this week, I'll be filthy. Yeah, it makes sense to be cutting your losses on him. In the traded in stakes... There isn't any South players being traded in or Knights being traded in, and with good reason. Probably the one that I'll talk about with this one, though, Billy. Um, Mitchell Pearce, he only has a BE of 38. Um, he's going to be playing a bit of a weary South Sydney side. And he's... Uh, sorry, his BE is 42. 
He's really expensive at the moment at 659k, but the way he's been scoring, it might be the cheapest that you get him before your round 16 trade-in. So if you're looking at trading him in or having him for round 16, it wouldn't be the worst round to get him based on how he's been scoring and where he projects to be cost-wise if he keeps getting, you know, even 60s. Yeah, but he's been playing really well. Um, close watch on him for the, for the next few rounds, but I can't argue with anything you just chucked out there, mate. So you, would you you'd consider him as a trade-in for this week? Because there's very few guys that have not, a, not, a BE that low that you want for round 16. Uh, I'd probably not for this week, purely because of that uh, the, that injury setback. I'd rather wait and see. Yeah, that's a fair call. Um, other news in this one as far as relevant players... Realistically, um, are you going to play all those Origin players if they're named to start? You're not going to try and be sneaky and say, you know, not play Cook if he gets named. Oh no, I'll, I'll be, I'll be um, sneaky. I'm not going to, um, probably won't play Cook. I think um, if I can help, if I can help it, but I might go back and have a look at my team and go, you know what? Um, if it comes down to choosing between, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, Monster, Monster, and Cook. Then maybe I might choose. You know, Cook's around 60, 65 minutes. But currently, my my bench at the moment is McInnes, Tolman, Moylan, and Teddy. I can I can I can quite quite easily leave out. You know, sort of um, uh, Sergis and and a couple of other guys around that sort of price range. But that's that's prior to trades as well. So it'll either be sort of Sergis or Cook to sort of get or, or Murray that gets gets the get the last one or two rolls. Yep. So, how do you reckon this one goes, Billy? He was winning. Mate, I have to go to the buggy still. Yeah, I'm going to go for the Knights for the upset. Um, I reckon the Knights are going to get home. I think Pierce is going to have a, a good game. I reckon he's going to be fired up playing uh, against the Origin guys like Cook and um, and Cody Walker. Um, Pierce for a big one. Um, so, I'm going to go Pierce yeah. for 75 plus this week. That's going to be my big call for this game. Uh, Tigers vs Raiders is the next one over at Bankwest Stadium. Uh, Mbai has been named to back up. He's on the bench as a bench utility. He's unlikely to see very many minutes at all, so he's pretty safe if anyone did happen to own him. Corey Thompson's returning um, with no Faluma dropping out of the side. There's DWZ rumours that he might actually arrive at the club, um, but he's not named in the squad. Chris Lawrence, um, really good news that he gets to return from that horrific broken jaw. Uh, Jordan Rapana's back for the Raiders, so the Raiders... Look, I'm going to go on a slight rant here. The Raiders' um, injury time frames and stuff mean absolutely nothing because this has happened with half a dozen players now that they've halved their time that they were meant to come back. You know, like Jordan Rapano originally came back at the start of the year. He wasn't meant to be back till like round 10. And they've done this with a heap of players now. It's I'm not going to lie, Billy. It really shits me because um, the NRL needs to be a lot more professional in stamping this stuff out. It's not just for super coach, but... I think it's respect for the fans as well. And it's also the fact that the NRL has taken a lot of money from betting companies and there's a lot of money bet on rugby league games for medical information and time frames to be completely inaccurate. And it just seems like the Raiders are just taking the piss now because Rapana wasn't meant to be back for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, I felt the sting last week when uh, Young was uh, taken out for Bateman. So... Um... Yeah, I know, I, know, I know what you're saying, mate. Um, I didn't, I didn't think Rapana was going to be any, anywhere near a footy field for another month or two. I'll tell you what, 
Nofo lasted long, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's sad from Supercoach's perspective. A Supercoach grade in the past just can't even get a running first grade anymore. Oh, mate. There's no teddy there to suffer with him anymore. Hudson Young copped a suspension for five weeks too. I could equally just throw a rant out there about that because Maguire got a $3,000 fine and this poor young kid that did exactly the same thing as what he did got five weeks out for it. Yeah, oh. Uh, Look, it's at Bangwest Stadium, so it's going to be a uh, nice flat, nice flat surface. Not, probably a fair few Tigers fans there, but um, probably a few Raiders fans there as well. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure about this one. I think uh, I think the uh, the price is right. Dollar ninety five each team. I reckon it's, I'm going to sit on the fence in this one, but I'll hope the Raiders hope the Raiders sort it up. But they've been going well. But they deserve it. But um, yeah, I've I've got no idea how that's going to go, mate. Depends which Raiders team turns up. Sorry, which Tigers team turns up. Yeah, I, I really don't know what way it'll go either. I'm going to have to watch this one without our new favourite player, though. Corey Horsberg is um, out with a broken elbow. The big redhead, absolutely on fire the last few weeks. He was really good last week. Um, he's going to be out oh. for two to three weeks, and he's actually starting to look like a decent super coach option when he gets the minutes. Oh, yeah, 100%. His numbers said he was going to, he, he was going to do that, but... He was never going to play more than sort of um, one one week in the starting team with Papa coming back. Um, some other guys that stand out in this one, um, Nickel Klockstad has been phenomenal, obviously, all year. Um, he's someone who I reckon is going to have a good game against the Tigers. Um, I'm hoping Jared Croker will because, geez, he's been terrible. We held it, we got him in for to make sure we had him for the bye, and he scored like 24 points last week and hardly much more the week before, actually less the week before. Um, but Nickel Clockstad looks like the guy in the Raiders side that could bust the Tigers open. I reckon. Yeah, I hope, I hope he does, mate. I'm uh, going to. I was sneakily thinking about bringing the uh, VC on him last week, but I didn't get around to it. So I uh, chucked on Burgess in the end. But um, um, I don't think I'll chuck the VC on him. But I, I reckon he'll go a lot better on, on this surface versus the Tigers. Yeah, I do as well. Um, Tigers-wise, we already spoke about the guys of interest in um, in Masters and Madison being the two guys that people will be eyeing off for trades. But uh, I don't even know if there'll be a lot of points in this one or not. It's just it's one of those real weird games that I've, I really don't want to go anywhere near aside from you know having CNK and then just watching the rest for buys in the future. I think. Yeah, it's one of those games where look, you, you can you can say to yourself, look. Should I shouldn't I play CMK? I think it'll probably say go, go, probably go all right. But then when you think about when you when you think about which blokes you would be shit scared of not earning um, if you if you had playing against them in a head to head final or in Moneyball, and the two and the one that comes to head will be CMK closely followed by um, you know Madison and whether whether sort of Farrah gets sort of eighty minutes or sixty five. Yep. I agree. Um, Bateman's the other name there that I'm scared not to own. He's starting on the edge, though, these days. They've got Tappany back, who looks like he's secured that lock spot. He only played 35 minutes last week, but he should get more now. Um, so it looks like Bateman's going to be on the edge. But in saying that, whilst a lot of people at the start of the year are worried about his edge performances, he should be fine. He went and stole a try off his centre on the weekend, so I reckon he's, he's fine to go and make sure he gets some scoring in place. Yeah, but he scored, what, 76 with a line break try, was it? Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't a line break, though. It was just a try in the corner off a kick that he went and jumped on. He pushed his centre out of the way. So, <laughs> to uh, take the try out, he still would have scored, you know, 59 points. Uh, okay, all right, cool. I was, was going to say, that's not, not the highest highest score from like had a line break try. Um, yeah, no, that, that's a completely different story then. So, yep. 
so I, I'm going to go with a golden point game in this one. I reckon that the uh, Raiders are going to win 21-20. <laughs> so I think we'll leave this game because it's a bit of a toss-up. We'll move on to the Warriors versus Storm. Mount Smart Stadium. <laughs> Pass is out for suspension for the Warriors. Adam Blair moves to lock. Lachlan Bird dropping off the bench. He's gone. And Chris Sate yeah, <laughs> replaces Tavaga on the bench uh, for the Storm. We've got no changes. So Adokar, Munster, Kafusi, Will Chambers been named to back up. Um, I'd definitely be watching it if I own guys like Munster um, because, again, they, they do have to fly to New Zealand for this one and it's an early Saturday game. So Bellamy might want to play around with some of these guys to rest someone. Um, this one, however, Billy, um, Roger Tuovasa-Shek is obviously a big buy, but he's got a massive BE. The Storm normally keep the opposing teams to the least super coach points more than any other side, which we've spoken about this year. But I'm, yeah, the, the Warriors have got a good record against the Storm. I'm, I'm smelling that there could be a bit of an upset here. Oh, that's in Melbourne, but um, I'm not, I'm not sure about um, in New Zealand. But um, yeah, the the last, I think that there were two or three years in a row they won in Melbourne. Um, some decent upsets. Um, I don't think I'd be buying RTS this week. I reckon he's probably he's, he's a great option for next buy, but I don't think I would be buying any Warriors this week. And I'm not even sure I would be VCing um, Munster. I, I would much prefer to to VC him when he's actually um, at at home versus a really really weak team or sort of not travelling um, too far and playing the likes of uh, Parramatta or a depleted Penrith. I, I wouldn't VC him um, against anyone else. Um, I just think he's got a, a 40 score in a game like this. Yeah, I, I tend to agree as well. Cam Smith does excite me a little bit for this one. I think that he might actually step up a little bit, especially if like someone like Munster's rested. Um, I think Cam Smith will take control in this one. Probably score pretty well. Yeah, probably will, mate. It's like last year for Smitty. Um, the only other guy of interest here, you, you touched on him early, but we didn't really speak about him. Tohu Harris is a bit of the forgotten man. He's still averaging 60 points a game, um, and he's playing his old club, who you'd expect him to step up against, and obviously still plays around 16 as well. He's got a BE of 99, so he's got a high one. He is only a 520k. Out of his scores, he really only has one really poor, poor one in the last couple of months of footy, which was a 34. The rest of the time, he's got high 50s or 60s, um, and whenever he's scored a try, he's two tries, he's hit 80s, so... He's actually better than what I gave him credit for, Billy. I haven't really looked at him. Um, but he might be a sneaky option if it wasn't for his BE uh, this week. I looked at him about three weeks ago. Um, I think if you go back and have a look at his scores, but take out the games where he's playing at 5'8", I think that drops significantly that average jersey switch. So I think if you, ta- I think if you take that... Uh, he scored... Um, I think he went well well in the, those games, so I think you have to take those out. So I'll, I'll, I'll have a look throughout the week and chuck a, a comment under the um, under, under the um, the podcast when you post it, mate. Yep. So you don't see him as an option at all to even uh, be monitoring for round no, 16? No, 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 I'm not interested in him at all. I, don't, I think he's just too too much of a 50 kind of staple, and I don't want to I don't want to carry a guy like that um, knowing that he has to score a try in that one week I want him to play. Um, after last week's debacle, I'd rather stick to um, uh, middle forwards and a couple of quality halves and fullbacks. Yep, fair call. I've never been much of a Tohu fan lately um, since he's gone to the Warriors, so... I'm probably going to leave him, but his numbers are better than what I gave him credit for. Uh, I'm going to call this one, Billy, a 
New Zealand upset of 22-16. And I'm going to do a pod Mamolo top scorer for 80-plus points. I reckon you're crazy, bro. <laughs> All right, you've got to make the big calls to get them right. Yeah, I'm just not prepared to bet against uh, Melbourne, um, especially versus that team, mate. Yeah, fair enough. Um, well, your boys are up next versus Sharkies at Points Bet Stadium. Uh, Josh Morris... I'll, I'll bet against them. Oh, yeah. Most people will at the moment. Um, Josh Morris has been given a rest from Origin, so he's not in the squad at all. Um, so Josh Dugan's been named at centre, Aaron Gray on the wing. Wade Graham um, and Sean Johnson have been included on the extended bench. The tip was that Wade Graham has to pass one more fitness test and he'll be playing. Um, and there was some talk. Uh, we all thought that it was going to be Kirk Capel that would drop out and Wade Graham would start on that edge. There's been, on Fox Sports, I think it was, they had an article that predicted that Britton Nakora was going to drop. Now, I don't think that that's accurate, but it was floated around there. Um, and Sean Johnson um, may may very well not play this week. He might be um, another week out still. For the Eels, they've got no changes except for Nathan Brown being named on the extended bench. Um, but it looks likely that he'll probably come in. And, and more than likely, I would guess that Ray Stone will drop out. So, mate, your Eels this week, you're going to bet against them? Uh, yeah, 100%. Not back to them, mate. <laughs> no way. Um, I hope they win. Um, I'll be cheering them on, that's for sure. But um, I, I don't see how Nakora gets dropped. I think he's just been playing too well on that right-hand side. Um, if, if Yeah, I'm not the coach, mate. But if, if anything, I reckon... That, uh, I'll tell you what, he'd be unlucky, wouldn't he? <laughs> he'd still get good minutes off the bench, I think. But, yeah, I, I'm, I'm certain that it would be capable. So I, don't, I think that was just a bad article on Fox Sports. Um, guys yeah. are the Sharks that I think that are very interesting for this game, though. I really like you getting Matt Moylan in for this game. We've spoken about him. I think that's going to be great. I'm really annoyed that I don't own Sherry because Sherry obviously got his hat trick his last game and has a awesome BE, and he's going to play round 16. So that's um, another good game for him matchup-wise, this one as well. Andrew Fafita is the other one, though. I, I'm, going to, I'm prepared to say he's the number one trade-in. For this week, Fifi, um, Fifi's a great trading for this week for this game. Yeah, mate, not disagreeing there at all. Captain he's he's uh, fourth on the list at the moment for the most traded in, so I reckon that's within good reason as well. He really should be. Uh, Moylan is nowhere on it. He's going to be full pod this week, which is even better. From the Eels' point of view, um, CV's been traded out by a few percent of teams. Um, I understand that, and I half agree, but Billy, I reckon that is going to keep his try-scoring run going this week. I reckon he's going to score. Oh, I reckon he sort of keeps uh, keeps going with a work rate. Um, 50-50 as to whether, whether he gets over the, over the line or not. Um, it's, Sharks are a, a lot different team to the uh, ones we've, we've been playing so far. Yeah, I got Gutherson in last week instead of Fergo, and I was happy that I did. Um, Gutho went back to um, some better scoring. He scored 62 points um, and he, you know that included a try off a kick, but I thought that he looked really active, and he actually looked pretty good. He was backing up a bit as well. Probably had a, a try opportunity butchered if, because the ball didn't go to him as well. So um, I think Gutho is back on his um, on his form as well. I'm actually pretty happy to start him in centre wing this week against the Sharks. Yeah, a little bit. He seems to um, just obstruct and disrupt disrupt the play a fair, a fair bit. I mean, just getting out of coordination with some of his outside backs. But I'll tell you what, he, he 
he's, he knows how to put some points on the board. So mate, I, I hope for the eel's sake he's, he's sort of back and he starts you know, putting the boys in the corner a little bit more. But um, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll Sivo will be uh, relying on him, mate, on sweep, sweeping out left. Would you play Sivo this week if you weren't trading him out? No. Nah. Fair enough. Um, I reckon that there's only going to be a, tr- a try in this one, mate. I reckon that the Eels could win. I played Cherry over him. I like your call of um, the the VC on um, on Fafita or even the C. Oh, I'm I might even put the C on him because he's had that extra week for his his leg to get even better. Yeah. Um, and like you said, those numbers for a prop going over for a try are just tantalising. I might actually go for it with the C on Fafita. Yeah. So. Cowboys vs Eagles, mate. Um, up at 1300 Smile Stadium. Michael Morgan's been switched to fullback in place of Jordan Kahu. And he should play because it's um, one of the later games in the round. That's a hell of a lot better position for him. Geller Mosby is out with a collarbone injury, um, replaced by Tuala. Baptiste is back from suspension, and we've got a debutant on the bench. None of that's too super coach relevant for the Cows. For the Eagles, though, we've got Tom Trevojevic back, which is massively super coach relevant. Um, Daly Cherry Evans and Jake Trevojevic have been named but on the extended bench. Don't be fooled by that. There's a pretty good chance that they're both going to end up playing, I would say, and they'll come in from the extended bench. Um, Goz yeah. is starting at lock and Waddell suspended, so you're confident that all these Origin guys end up coming into the side? Uh, possibly. Um, probably the number one thing to talk about, though, is how good is it when you own Jason Tomalolo and you captain him and he scores a billion points for you in a buy round? It'll be even better if Dean Payne let your other two players play. <laughs> We've got to go glass half full, mate. Jason Tomalolo was awesome last week. Um, scored 138 points, and I think that doesn't really do justice to how well he's gone this year. Like I think we said last week, if you don't own Jason Tomalolo coming into this buy round, you aren't taking Supercoach seriously. Even if you're a head-to-head player, you had to have him in. He's costing 724000 now. If you take out his injury game when he went down um, only playing 34 minutes, his scores this year are 99, 85, 72, 94, 93, 138. You will not get a better super coach performance in a season than that. Yeah, I know. He, he was always the uh, 100% buy. Um, I ended up taking um, uh, Big Tapao over to last week, which was a bit of a mistake, but can't win them all. He's an absolute powerhouse that you can't can't go without. Yeah, against the um, Seagulls, we've said before that the stats point to the forwards um, giving up points in the Seagulls side more than the backs, which has always been surprising. So Jason Tomalolo yeah. is the other guy that's a really big captain option this week, and you could just ride his big score from last week and hope that he jumps in again this week for a try. Oh, you reckon? Yeah, I reckon against the... Uh, he's playing at home against the Seagulls side whose forward pack gives up super coach points to the opposition. Okay, well, he played, he did play extended minutes because there were two, correct me if I'm wrong, but there were two injuries to um, Cowboys bench last week. Yeah, there was one of the, um, the, the, the wing went off um, and there was somebody else that got hurt as well. But So he ended up playing 80 minutes, but the week before he played 69 and the week before that he played 80 minutes as well. So he has still yeah. been playing pretty big minutes. Yeah, I, I don't mind him. The guy that I do mind, even the fact that I traded him in, was um, Marty Tapao. I expected a lot more from him last week, Billy. And even just watching the game, I found myself yelling at the TV. And I don't expect him to do too much better this week against the um, the Cowboys. Yeah, 
I was watching his minutes. He came off at, oh, I think it was a 29th uh, minute, sorry, in, in the first half. So he, he got a good 30 points in there. But um, so, uh, second half, he came on with sort of what seems like around 29, 30 minutes to go. So I think he got sort of just under the 60-minute mark. But yeah, for him to only produce sort of a, a 54-odd points in that, uh, that time slot, mate, wasn't, wasn't real. No, he, really overjoyed. He only actually ended up playing forty-seven minutes. He went off at the at the death. He went off for the last eight minutes because he was um, had an injury. So, um, uh, okay, it, it sounds better for us because of that. But the fact is, he played forty-seven minutes, and last week before that, he played fifty-three, and then forty-seven and forty-seven as well. So the forty-seven minutes wasn't out of the ordinary as far as his rotation, anyway. So. It's just it's pretty concerning that he seems to only be able to hit fifties unless he gets some attacking stats um, in there with a try assist or a try himself. Yeah, yeah mate, but he's big enough. Fanuel Blake was the guy that we should have bought last week, and he was on fire. And um, I wish that I grabbed him. He scored a buy around ton. Um, so, mate, the question has to be asked: coming up against the the Cowboys this week, um, Fanuel Blake has a fifty nine BEs, five hundred eighty nine K. If you were head to head and you were shopping for a prop, would you be taking Fanuel Blake seriously as a um, as a trade in? Um, I didn't last week. I'm not sure if I could right now, um, knowing that I would only I would only get him for a couple of weeks before I'd have to play him again. To be the fact that Jervo's out this week, uh, potentially, um, you can maybe hold him for one more. So get rid of that. Like you were saying earlier, mate, get rid of those people with the low break even or, or the um, sorry with with a high break even. Just trying to keep a couple up up your sleeve for that to play for those guys that have been rested. So um, I'd play him again this week. I wouldn't be buying him up. I'd definitely watch before the run home in case he starts throwing up these big minute games. Yeah, he's averaging seventy one for the year, which is incredible. Um, I'm going to watch for the run home and potentially trade him in as a late one after the after the last buy is finished. Um, market watch wise, Ruben Garrick's the third most traded out, but that makes complete sense. Traded in perspective. Um, Again, we're going to have to talk about like two percent of players are getting Jason Tomalolo in, but that's completely fair. You should have owned him before. Tommy Turbo, though, you know, getting towards seven percent of coaches getting him in at the moment. Already, yeah, it's look. He's the second most trading guy. He's still six hundred ninety-one k. And like we were saying before, it's it's a really risky week to be trading him in. I think the people are maybe doing it because it's the Cowboys, and also he's a bit of a pot option. Yeah, desperate times, desperate measures, mate. That's a decent matchup, I guess, for him. So if you're going to do it, at least he's going to be a pod for you. But I tell you what, I would have expected him to be a real pod, and he'd probably be ten plus percent owned after this before this round starts. So. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Broncos Titans is this Sunday game that we've got first up, and this one we've got McCulloch returning, but he's on the bench with Turpin retaining his starting spot. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, Flegler also returns. Um, Oates, Gillette, Haas, Fafida, Joe O, all being named to back up. Um, and for the Titans side of things, um, Arrow's returning at lock, which is good news. Whitbread drops to the bench. And Peets is lurking in the extended squad, um, but I heard that he probably wasn't going to play this week. A couple things. This is on the Sunday, so first things first, we expect the Broncos to probably all play, and I, I tend to think that Seabold will, will want to play them all because they're pretty desperate for the win. Oh, yeah, 100%, mate. They, they need to get a win up. In saying that, they've um, they've got a massive forward pack, so they can probably rest one or two and still have a decent-sized pack on the bench. 
I wouldn't take it as gospel as people like um, Offer and Haas are going to play, but um, Haas is coming off the bench so for Origin, so hopefully that's what, you know, five days turn around, so I'm sure that's good enough, um, probably good enough for the starting forwards as well, but there is might be a slight chance that one of them doesn't play, but I doubt it. Yeah, it's a Sunday, so it's pretty decent for them. Uh, one of the guys in market, watch Billy, Tony Staggs is the fifth most traded in player, and I tell you what, I really like him as a trade-in this week. Obviously, playing the Gold Coast Titans, I don't think his numbers tell a good enough story of, of how good he might be as a trade-in. He's going to play around 16. Um, he's only going to cost you 232k to get in. He's only in 11% of teams at the moment as well, and he's got a 19 BE, so this is the week to get him in. He does only have a, a three-round average of 33 points. So he hasn't been scoring great, but he just hasn't been getting any attack. But he's a dual centre wing second rower playing round 16 at a cheap price. I really like him this week. Yeah, I've liked him too for the last uh, two or three weeks with Moneyball, but he just doesn't... He seems to have one or two really good runs where he, he cuts back inside and goes so close but just doesn't get over the line. And then you think, oh, he's going to be kicking goals, but he only has one or two attempts. So... Um, there is, I know what's going to happen. There's going to be one game that he absolutely breaks it open pretty soon, and this week could be it. But, yeah, I think it might just go elsewhere. But I'll tell you what, if you want a downgrade option just to get someone um, um, out of your team, probably probably one of the better ones. Yeah, I reckon Staggs is the number one downgrade guy this week. Fafita's the number one gun trading, and Staggs is the number one downgrade trading. Unless you just get Fafita, that's probably a win right there. Yeah, it is. I, I think un- the unfortunate thing for Stags and my team's in this position, I really want him this week because he's playing the Titans and I do want him for round 16. I've got a million guys I can trade out and I've basically got as much money as I want to spend because I've got so many guys like Lane that are worth a lot of money and I've got a bit of bank there. So I think everyone's in the same spot where you can just get two out and out guns. So, yeah, so Stags is a bit hard because you might leave your team a little bit short when you can get two guns in and your team's already going to have guys maybe rested and stuff. But um, I'm going to be looking at him for the following weekend if I've got to pay another 20k for him. Uh, we already mentioned Milford. Yeah. Um, he's got his high scores against the Titans. This, if you do want him, I think this is a week to get him in for sure. On the Titans side, Billy, Jai Arrow's back, which is great. I've got to give us a bit of a wrap here. Our mate Dale Copley scored another try last week again. He's just on fire. Yeah, we um, I think the numbers kind of add up there. Um, they wouldn't be buying him now, but but if you if you own him, um, probably just keeps going on this type of run. Yeah, he just keeps scoring. Um, and he's I think in the number five jersey, he scored fifty plus every single game this year, and he's got like seven or eight games there. It's pretty crazy. He's kind of like Sivo, mate. Look, if if a fourth set of three quarter or or a, a, a last reserve option, if you need to chuck someone someone up while he, while he's scoring, mate, and on this run, just keep doing it until he doesn't. Yep. Um, the Titans, however, were exceptionally bad last week. So Copley only got their only try that they scored the whole game. And they were awful. I'll tell you what, they were absolutely awful, which makes me really worried that I don't own really any Broncos in my side, aside from Haas. Um, I think the Broncos could put a lot of points on them at Suncorp. You would think that. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a 40 nil type of game. Mate, I think there's been three games this year where I've backed... Um... Monster versus Dogs, Monster versus the Warriors, and oh, someone else versus the Titans. And mate, you think one team's going to be dominant? But they, they, they just keep getting shut out. So yeah, I'm, I wouldn't hold my, I wouldn't hold my breath if Brisbane lose this one, mate, or someone like Milford scores three points or negative three. 
I'm, I'm going big on Broncos here, and I'm going to make the big call that uh, Milford's getting 80-plus points this week. Ooh. Um, Panthers-Roosters is the next one. Um, so, Kikau is back from illness. Yeah, thanks, buddy. You should have been back last week. Um, Liam Martin moves back to the bench. He had a blinder last week. Uh, Egan returns as starting hooker. Katoa dropping to the bench still. Um, Regan Campbell-Gillard named to start. And... Nathan Cleary has been included on the extended bench. Um, for the Roosters, we've got Teddy, Cordner, Crichton and Latrell all being named to back up and being the Sunday you'd expect them to. We've got Drew Hutchison um, starting in the halves with Cleary out for about four to six weeks and Jared Ware Hargraves has um, dropped out with his suspension for two weeks. So Cleary's a bit of a different approach for both of these coaches. Trent Robinson's named... Um, all of his origin guys to start, but he's got very able replacements in the extended squad, whereas Cleary's been named in the extended squad and not to start. Um, do you think that Cleary comes in, or do you think that they'll... Like, surely that they need this win, the Panthers. They have to bring him in and start him on a Sunday game. I don't see any reason why, why he wouldn't play it. They make the weekend, but... Yeah, well, I think Cleary has to come in. And the Roosters guys, you know, I think that um, it's probably worked out well for Supercoach that... Um, Against the Knights, Robertson resting Cronk backfired because he tried to just rest him, and then we ended up, you know, short on depth. So I don't think that he's going to rest guys that he doesn't need to. Um, Crichton, especially, is um, not going to play big minutes, and he's used to Origin and the big games. Teddy's backed up plenty of times before, um, and Latrell should be able to back up with his low work rate anyway. Hopefully. Oh yeah, yeah. Backing up wise, would you put the C on Tedesco in this type of game? He, he really has the sort of game that carves up the Panthers. I uh, probably wouldn't. Yeah, I I, I think probably that would, yeah. could be a sneaky option, I reckon. But you're probably right on um, guys like Fafita probably matching up a little bit better and not backing up as well. Where do you see it going? How do you think it'll go? Uh, the last time I said uh, that your boys would smash the opposition, they end up losing, but so I am. Um... I think you always will smash your big hand, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it, it's at the foot of the bit. I reckon Panthers chucks it at 10 points on, but post-origin, you guys are retired. I reckon it's probably a 20 or 10 type scoreline in your way. Yeah, I, I think that we'll win. Um, I actually rate, rate Drew Hutchison at six. I think he's going to be quite good. Um, I reckon my big call is going to be Teddy for 70-plus um, again and just keeps on keeping on. I reckon he's going to end up being a safe-ish option this week still. Moving on yeah. the, the last game, mate, the Bulldogs versus Dragons, and what a shit show this one is. Bulldogs, I think everybody, whether you're a Supercoach fan or a, a Rugby League fan, is annoyed with how the dogs keep dropping players. We've got Dylan Narpin named on the extended bench, um, and that's the only change for the dogs. For the Dragons, um, Frizzell, Hunt, and Vaughan have been named to back up. Corey Norman's returned in the halves, and Blake Laurie shifted to front row for James Graham's injury. That's pretty much the main um, Supercoach relevant stuff. A couple of things with this one I want your opinion on, mate. The first one is CA, uh, Molly dropped um, on Twitter this big news at about 2 o'clock this afternoon that Dean Pay was going to swing the axe and make a, a raft of changes to the 17. And he's ended up with exactly the same squad named. So that didn't happen. Do we think that CHN's going to come in and actually going to get minutes again? Or do we have to just sell him now and bite the bullet? I think Mole's an idiot, but I kind of hope that you're right, mate. I um, I, re- I really, really want to play him, um, but also really, really want him to uh, get his price back up there before he's um, 
so cheap that he's just a pretty much a straight spot for Corey Allen for you know, half the call. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I, I I want him to either start or to just not play this week because otherwise he's going to take a big hit in the money and it's just not going to be worth holding him. He's got to be a 90 and he's 587k, so I mean, it, it makes it tough. Hopefully he just stays in that extended jersey and he doesn't play. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I agree there. I want you to talk us through your mate McInnes, though, because very quietly for the Dragons, he's gone under the radar as someone who's been an alternative pot option to getting someone like Cook in for around 16 and even holding them for the run home. So, uh, He's just had a... Um, it seems to be stringing together a, a, de- a decent sum of scores in the sort of 60s. Um, he's, also, he's also doing that with pretty much all of his scores being base. Um, you had a look at the numbers earlier. I... I, I He's he's pretty much leading the, leading the in tackles or or, be, or in the or, or in the top three there. Um, he's one of those talkers that plays a boots, which is pretty rare. He also um, makes a lot of runs, and he has a um, he has a really good draw coming up too. So, kind of hoping um, he, he's able to sneak through for a couple and just turn those sort of low sixties into like a, a seventy two type average over the next few weeks. Or at the very least just gives me a, another number for round sixteen and a solid number at that. Yeah, he's um he's a real good spot by you. I hadn't really looked at him until a few weeks ago when you mentioned him and then I had my eye on him. He's only owned by six percent of teams and he's been averaging sixty eight points a game, which I was really surprised about. Um so I think that you picked up a bit of pod gold there and particularly for someone that's start, that's going to be playing Round 16. The um, the upshot for him is you, you mentioned his base, and he's got 12 points in base more than what Cameron Smith does, if you're comparing them. So his base is 53 points a game, which is really good as a floor. And you know, when you look at his scores, it was really only round one that he had a poor score, and that was 44. Um, then he scored 54, which was his second lowest. And then if you rattle through the rest of his season from round three... If you didn't know it was Cam McInnes, you'd be saying, sign me up now. He scored 86, 60, 70, 58, 67, 63, 74, 61, and 105. So he's just killing it, Yeah, mate. some scary numbers. Yeah, no. Are you, gonna tr- are you planning on trading him out for the run home, or are you actually thinking about keeping him? Oh, I'm just going to keep him. I'm, I'm just going to get rid of um, Barrow this week for McInnes and just... Um... Keep cook, keep cook there, so I can um, alternate between the two. Um, if I'll put it this way, I'm going to be playing McInnes regardless, but I'll throw a cookie in as one of my reserves. So if there's any sort of late mail, I can easily just flick the switch and just uh, move him around to someone else on the bench, mate. You mentioned the draw too, and playing the dogs, then Manly, then the Cowboys, and then a depleted Storm side in the next month. That's um, that's pretty damn good. So you've you've just about sold me on him, mate. Another pot option is Corey Norman's obviously returned, like we mentioned. He was actually quietly going pretty decent before he went down with injury. Um, so he's only going to cross... Oh, Trap. Mate, big call. No, tra- Traitor. Oh, Traitor. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, I'll let you get away <laughs> with the Traitor call. You should have kept him, mate. I like him better That's than Mitchell right. Moses. <laughs> he's got a 72 BE and he's only 430K. Hugely appealing. Um He's at that dreaded 5-8 fullback position, though, and that's the only downfall I see because you've got so many of those good players and those spots might be hard to fit in. But Yeah, that, that, that's why I couldn't get him. So what do, you, what do you think about Norman as a, as a purchase for, um, for this week playing the Dogs and also for the fact that he's got a great run coming up, including round 16? If you need a pod, 
Yeah, he's probably probably a half decent one, but is is he one that's going to give you that, that those big those big enough points? Um, you probably want a pod that's going to be like captain or VC material. I just don't feel like he's I just don't feel like he's, he's any of those two options. And for an extra sort of protected twenty points, I'd probably rather just skip him. Right? Yeah, he's basically scoring sixty plus in half his games, um, but he does have some lower scores in him. Um, his high score this year is ninety three in his eight games that he played. I guess it's it's a bit of a shame, Billy, that there's three really good pot options for round 16 and they all are all of five eights, and that's Corey Norman, Moylan and Milford. And I'm guessing that you'll probably rank them as, as Moylan, Milford and Corey Norman in order. Yeah, yeah, sort of. I've also heard plenty of rumours around sort of, you know, dra- dragons and who's going there. So I um, can't wait to see uh, what happens before sort of uh, June 30 in regards to our forwards. Yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on with the potential changes and stuff at the Dragons. Um, there isn't really many exciting players in this one, though. That's pretty much the only guys that are really relevant. Um, how do you see this one going as the last game of the round, mate? How fired up do you think the Dragons will be? you reckon they're going to start showing up or what? I reckon they're going to be fired up this week, and I just think that the Dogs absolutely hate their coach more than super coaches hate their coach. Yeah, I think you might be right. interesting point for me is you've got the Dufty going back Dufty got back the fullback again. Uh, you got Harves in the re firing. Um, you've got uh, what's his name Aiken, which is sort of um, supposedly coming back um, on really, really sort of both scores because he's been um, benched and doing a lot of interchange lately. Jones couldn't be anybody worse than what, what they have been, but I reckon they'd probably go up this week. Yeah, I, I'm back in the Dragons. I just can't possibly pack Bulldogs at the moment. There's too much turmoil there. Last guy I mentioned for the Dragons side that's also a pod. Uh, you mentioned you and Aitken there briefly. He's he's only scoring thirty eight yep. points a game this week, but this year, but he scored fifties the rest of his career. He's only priced at two hundred eighty six k at the moment, so it's not one of those ones where he he might end up being a gun or something. But he is dirt cheap as far as a centre wing downgrade option, and he's got a run of the dogs, manly um, yeah. cows. Back, back in the starting side, he'll 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 he'll, he'll get back to his uh, whatever price it was before, but. Um... Probably a good. Uh, I reckon he's probably a better cash out than Stags. Yeah, they're both in those two hundreds price category. Would you take the pun on on you and Aitken? He's he's not owned by anybody at all. Yeah, I, I'd rather Aitken. Probably a more more of a pod. And um, I think last year he was um, he had a history of going out a lot early, so he actually became one of those covers of the service recorders, actually average, averaging closer to 60, um, 60 plus to start the year. So. Um, if you can repeat any of that form, then you've got a great pot. Yeah, and I'll just I'll just say quickly, after the next two weeks, he plays uh, six out of his final 11 games at home as well. So they've got a pretty good run um, from now on as well with the teams that they're playing. And he plays the Titans twice in the last five weeks of football. So if he was going to go on a run... He's yeah. dirt cheap at the moment as a as one of those guys I mentioned where you bring him in for a good matchup this week that are cheap as a downgrade and you just sort of leave in your centre wing provided he doesn't get benched. He might be a rotation centre wing for down the track. Yeah, these are these are the sorts of buyers that you think about too in regards to um, head-to-head finals as well. So um, not everyone is in um, is an overall player and even a lot of it. Even if you are an overall player, a lot of overalls use the same team for head-to-head as well. So you need to start thinking about the finals runs. And if if a guy like this has a great matchup in you know, around 23, 24, 25, 26, then 
um, you need to think of it that way too. So not only can they get you through the next five, but they can get you through a couple of semi-finals as well. Yep. I reckon the Dragons are going to win, mate, and we'll finish up on that note. Some good pods in that one for people to have a bit of a think about. But um, thanks for jumping on again. I hope the Eels get up for you this week. Yeah, me too, mate. Me too. Thanks, brother. Thanks for listening, guys, to another podcast. Um, Download us or listen, as always, on SoundCloud or iTunes. And do give us a follow on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Make sure you check it in next week for the Buy Cover podcast. Until then, good luck with your captaincies and your trades this week, and we'll chat next week.